Welcome to the Sin of Our Fathers podcast. I'm your host, Mark Kuhn, joined as always by my oldest brother, Michael Kuhn. Mm-hmm. And my middle brother, Matthew Kuhn. Hey, guys. So in light of recent incidents, um, we could not wait to call our grandfather, who always has the hottest of takes, um, and see what he had to say about the recent Miles Garrett, Steelers, Mason Rudolph debacle. So without further ado, here's that video. Hello. Hey, Grandpa, it's Matthew. How are you? <laughs> oh, Matthew. What's, what's happening? You haven't heard from you. I know. Well, the, the game was on Thursday. I usually call you on Mondays, so it's it's been a while. <laughs> Although, I have been dying to talk to you about this because I feel like you will have a unique perspective on, on what happened on Thursday night. Well, <laughs> that was a real debacle. I mean, uh, he, uh, he hurt the whole team. Uh, kind of. I mean, when there's when there's eight seconds left in the game, and uh, yeah, that's the only reason that. not to do it. Just. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's. Uh, I, I, there's a lot of uh, they point fingers at each other because uh, they said he, he said that he said that uh, Rudolph uh, pulled, pulled his. His hat, his helmet off first, or something. Then, then he retaliated. And I don't. Usually, you always see, you always see the guy that retaliates. You never see the initial problem, you know. Yeah. All right. But, but Grandpa, how did you feel? It's Mark here too. But how did you feel about watching Miles Garrett hit another quarterback in the head with a helmet? If it was Ben Roethlisberger, how would you have felt about it? <laughs> I. Uh, I I mean, it's it's really a a bad thing. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, you know, I don't think. I do not think that that uh, Rudolph had that coming because it, uh, you know, he was. I don't think he was a. He wasn't any kind of an instigator or anything like that. I I think if it was if it was Big Ben, I think it, things might have turned out a little bit different. <laughs> <laughs> you think Big Ben would have got the best of Miles? Well, I think no, I don't know if he would have, but uh, <laughs> I I think that there probably would have been a little bit a little bit more going on there than than, than happened. Uh, it's uh, you know now this guy he's, he's got he's got a indefinite suspension, which means that. That could even get it go into next season, you know, because they're not. It's an open-ended suspension. Right. So, Grandpa, I have a theory about this. I actually think this is your fault in a way because we've talked about the defensive line and Miles Garrett and your line over and over again is feed him red meat, poke him with sticks, and tell him to go get the quarterback. And I think that's exactly what he did. He went and he got the quarterback. That looks like a red meat fed boy who had just <laughs> been poked. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I, you know, you're always these guys. That's what they're getting paid to do is hit the quarterback. You know, and Rudolph took exception to the to the way he got hit to start with. From from what I was reading, he he didn't think that the the hit that was put on him initially was warranted because I mean they were they were they were on the ready to turn the ball over and everything you know so there's no reason and they had their fourth down there was no reason for him to even get hit for anything and he was pissed off 
because he he kind of he kind of hit that he thought was a was a low blow, and uh, so you know, you just don't know you know what's going on with these guys. Uh, I. I really don't know. You know, they even even Pouncey. Now Pouncey, he he jumped out and he was he was punching Garrett. Oh you know? yeah, he was. He was kicking him. Yeah, stomping on him. Yeah, yeah. You know, so uh, it's it's uh, it's hard to say at that point who was really to blame. You know, first of all, like I said, Rudolph took exception to the way he was hit, and then uh, and then I, then they uh, he tried to. From what I could see, that he tried to uh, grab uh, uh, Garrett's helmet, and Garrett grabbed his helmet and ripped it off his head and started yeah. beating him with it. You know, uh, I think that you know we waited we waited a while for to, to get a good defensive end and everything, and uh, it's, it's it's a shame that he screwed everything up because he could he could certainly hurt the team in the long run. Uh, uh, I mean, we're going to we're going to miss a guy like Garrett. There's no doubt about that. Uh, it's it's just a, it's just a damn shame, and it, and you know, happened to be the round had happened to happened to have one of their best games in a while. Yeah, let's and, talk positively. How do you feel about that game? Forgetting about the Miles Garrett thing, how did it feel? I I think that it was, I, I think that they played very well. I I, I liked I liked the way uh, 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 way, uh well you know Landry had some nice catches here. Uh, Hunt had a nice run. Uh, uh, you know, it was a couple of days. There wasn't too many things. Where, uh, that Thomas had a roughing the passer penalty. That was a questionable call. That thing, I think that hurt. Yeah. Uh, that that hurt. Uh, and uh, you know that, that Show, Showbert had a super game. You know this. Yeah, really, two inter- two interceptions really... and a sack and ten tackles. Ten tackles. I mean, he was all yeah. over the field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All you need is for one guy to really rise above, and uh, and 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 change the tide of things. You know, and then Burris, he had a he had an interception. Uh, it's it's a it's a shame that Cybert missed these these damn field goals. So you know, yeah. And uh, sometimes those come back to really bite you in the ass, even if you miss an extra point. That sometimes it, it's it's a big big. Point, you know, when they missed a point. Of course, Pittsburgh missed. I mean, they missed a couple field goals, I think, too. At least one. I don't know. Did they miss two? I don't know. I think it was just one. Um, how about that catch in the back of the end zone by Stephen Carlson, the tight end? Uh, oh, the one for a touchdown. Oh, you know, oh, you know that he made that last touchdown catch. Yeah. 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 It was a. <laughs> They were looking for him. <laughs> that was a that was a, that was really good. And then and then Burris had that interception on Rudolph too. Uh, uh, you know, even you know, and uh, even even Robinson, I think, had a had a halfway decent game. I was looking for him to get cut a couple weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I really thought that he wouldn't be on the team. <laughs> he, I mean, he was he was he, he was so bad. He was he was stepping out of the way of the lineman instead of blocking him. Yeah, I, I, I threw my hands up. I, I threw my hands up in the air. I said, "My God, how can you do that?" He did sidestep. I says, I, I, "I thought that he'd be on the bench for the next next game, really." <laughs> 
Uh, so we'll see you for Thanksgiving here in next week. Can't wait to see you yeah, for Thanksgiving, we're Grandpa. Gonna, we're not going to make. We're not going to make it there, guys. Uh, you keep saying uh, that. You I, I keep already, saying I that. Told your dad, I already told your dad thanks for the invitation, but no thanks. I don't think we're going to make it. All right, we'll be waiting up for you for a last minute change okay. of mind. <laughs> okay. Okay, guys. Good talking to you. All right, All right. Grandpa. Love you. See ya. Bye. Okay, love you too. Bye bye. Justin. <laughs> Just an incredibly vapid take from Grandpa. Just not, just when you think you're going to get something hot and fiery. I, everyone was waiting for this. We were getting tweets about it. Like, people were excited for what Grandpa had to say. I have to say, I've been thinking about what Grandpa would say for three or four days and was expecting something significant. Because if I know anyone that would, like, have any ridiculous words to say about any Cleveland or Pittsburgh Steeler getting hurt, it would be Grandpa. <laughs> I mean, like, you think he would delight in these? He threatened yeah. to kill one of our own kickers behind a shed <laughs> in one of our past podcasts for for missing a field goal. Like he, he did. He's known for when a player gets hurt, saying, "Throw him on the meat cart and pull on, <laughs> take him off." You know, just yeah, he's just from a different time. So sympathetic for Mason Rudolph. I don't understand. He was. He was like, yeah, Mason Rudolph didn't instigate it. Like it was, it was all Miles. Uh, the timing didn't work out very well. I mean, with Grandpa's like real life events and this game lining up, Grandpa just had an operation last week, the same day as the game, or maybe the day before. And so I think he's still on medication coming off of that. So I think he's just a little tempered. He's sedated. Unfortunately, he's sedated. I think he. Got- How many horse tranquilizers do you think they have to pump into him? <laughs> oh, <laughs> keep I mean, keep him down. I don't know what the dosage is there, but I'm saying five. <laughs> <laughs> Five units, five <laughs> units of tranquilizer. <laughs> yes. um, he might have been influenced by the the media narrative, um, but it has been. It's been an exciting week um, for everybody. Good morning, America's talking about. Everybody's talking about. Miles Garrett hits Mason Rudolph in the head with a helmet. Um, the Browns made SNL. Browns yes. made SNL. Yes, they did. Uh, Keenan, what's his name? Keenan Thompson. Keenan Thompson played a stunning Miles Garrett. Smash Rudy. Rudy Giuliani over the head. <laughs> yep. Um, but what, I mean, initially we all watched the game together. I mean, we had a much different reaction in the moment of than what's come out in since. What oh, is your guys' take? So like, much has happened between now and then. It's so hard to even like recall. I mean, the, the initial reaction, and I think this is fair for all of us, was just like, oh no. Because you, you watch it, and whether it's in the moment or on replay, and you can't use a helmet as a weapon to, to hit somebody like full stop. Like Absolutely. what, what was, was done was, was wrong and deserves punishment and doesn't belong on a football field. Can't condone it. Yeah. So watching it, I was like, Oh no, just because the game was over and now we have this impact going on mm-hmm. for, for future games. I, to be honest at the time, I had no idea what kind of like, led up to it or like why it had even gotten to that point it just seems so like random and out of the blue yeah and i mean do you think you have any more clarity though like now well I, after I, seeing the highlight a thousand times i do I've, I've watched it close to a thousand times it never I I gets to. less enjoyable <laughs> i mean <laughs> which honest. part do you like the best <laughs> The, the like ricochet. <laughs> the back. You the actually, Matthew actually likes the to helmet hit. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Mike. <laughs> the, 
bounce. No, okay, fair. And, then, no. and then Mason Rudolph turning around and like, like being like, did you, oh my gosh, did you see that? It's like, yes, everyone saw it, Mason. I imagine Everybody it sounded saw like this. It. Oh, what? Like, he hit me. <laughs> That's what Mason Rudolph's inner monologue sounds like. I'll tell you what my favorite part about the whole thing was. Um, Mason Rudolph, after he gets tackled, he clearly is already thrown however many interceptions. I think it was three. Four at that four, point. Four at that point. Um, on the ground, he's just upset that he got hit into the ground again. And so he decides, I'm going to pull Miles Garrett's helmet off. And he starts ripping Miles Garrett's helmet off. Miles obviously takes exception to this and says, child, boy, little man, I'm going to show you how to pull a helmet off. And he just one-handed yank, 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 and rips it off like it's nothing. That that is by far my favorite. Yeah, like just the you didn't succeed. You failed. Have, Here's you, how has it's anyone done. else noticed my? So like you've seen all these pictures with Mason Rudolph's like just enraged face like throughout the whole thing, which that's a topic to cover too. But you see his. Face. Have you ever seen? Have you seen what Miles's face was like as he's getting held back by the offensive lineman? Calm, cool, like collected. right. He has no anger. He's just like, and then he sees Mason Rudolph coming, and he's like, "You're an idiot." And he just smashes him. <laughs> it's so, like, matter of fact, it's not, like, the emotional, like, rage that you see That you from expect right. from, from this kind of, like, incident. Right? He looks like he's just got a straight face, like, the whole time. So what I, what I really... He's like, really? You're coming at me? Like, I, ha- I, ha- I have a helmet. Oh, man, you're just an idiot. Like, and then he just... Bang. bang. In, in hindsight, I really wish Mild, Miles would have just ripped the helmet off, thrown it to the side, and then just thrown blows. No. Like, like go, to, go to fists. Just, yeah. No, this is my favorite idea. I heard Joe say this um, on the Tomahawk show. He said what he wishes uh, Miles had done, rip the helmet off, walk over to the stands, stand there and hold it up. Like, behold what I have. The Steelers are ours now and just throw it down on the side. Like, are you not entertained? <laughs> is this what you want? It really would have been glorious. Can you imagine having the presence of mind to just like <laughs> rip the helmet off and like just go and just claim your, just <laughs> announce how victorious you were and just like lift your trophy over the hand, over your head? At the end of a, a Steelers thrashing would have been absolutely fantastic. And it would have been a, an absolute legend. Would have been a nice fifteen-yard penalty, maybe a I mean, maybe a he maybe already, a fine. He already is a legend. I mean, as horrific as the act is. Is there a better way to endear yourself to Cleveland sports fans than like literally smash a Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback over the head with his own helmet? With his own helmet, <laughs> like, like there's there's that embarrassing element too of like, oh, I took your helmet and then hit you with it. Oh man, yeah, like Miles has cemented his like position as a legend in Cleveland sports history. No one in Cleveland is as in as awful as who it, cares what anyone else thinks in Cleveland. He's going to be a god. He's got to resign in Cleveland now because yeah. no one else is going to want him. Yeah, I got to say the it's, people in Cleveland are not as upset as the rest of the country is. <laughs> the rest it's fair of, to say the rest of the country is pissed. Okay, so another thing I keep thinking about when I think back on this, I tried to avoid the media scrutiny and everyone and their mother having a, having a take on this entire thing. But my, I've just been thinking through it through each individual's perspective that was involved. Like, I obviously saw this through Miles' lens because I feel like I have somewhat of an idea of what his personality is like. 
he's played the whole game. He's been double teamed the entire freaking game. And he's made a lot of impact, but he hasn't had any sacks. He gets there and he gets to Rudolph and lowers his head to make the hit right as he's like delivering the ball. Brings him down. And then little like punk Mason Rudolph tries to rip his helmet off. And so he with no time left in the game. Like, yeah. He's like, what are you doing? And then he's like, you want to see what a helmet, how to rip a helmet off? I'll show you how to rip a helmet off. And he rips his helmet, Rudolph's helmet off. With one and hand. then retreats. And then the offensive linemen like separate them. And Should've I ended there. Miles Garrett was not pushing back. Miles Garrett was accepting the separation. Like, very clearly accepting the separation. He wasn't, like, leaning in to DeCastro and whoever else was, like, pushing he w- him off. He wasn't chasing Mason Rudolph. Not at all. Yeah. And then little punk Mason Rudolph comes running back with that enraged face, all angry, and gets up in Miles' face. And he's like, oh, no. You can't. Are you freaking kidding me? You, I got to do this. And he just does it. And it was just like, this is what you deserve. Like this is it's like it, that's what it felt like. I completely understand his like rationale there. And then he then that was it. Imagine so Mason started it by trying to rip off Miles' helmet. Miles actually rips his helmet off and Mason's pissed. Oh, he's still, livid. Because he's still livid from the initial thing, which leading up to that, he had gotten sacked on the previous two plays. He got hit on this play. He's thrown he's four thrown interceptions. Four interceptions. He's ticked because of the game and he's taking his aggression out. On trying to rip Miles' helmet off and not doing probably a very the good worst, job. yeah, worst bad de- to pick a fight with. Bad decision, bro. worst decision of the night. Um, and then you can't hit somebody with their helmet, but like, it'd you be know, fun if he just honestly, punched him. Honestly, <laughs> like, Mason Rudolph like really wins in this whole scenario in the aftermath because no one's talking about how awful he was in this football game. He threw four interceptions, and no one's talking about that. They're only talking about this whole incident. That's honestly true. It's like, it's, it's, it's Mason, insane. Mason's it's, playing it's, 3D chess. <laughs> it's Mason a low-key genius. Just, <laughs> He's like in the post-game press conference just like pointing fingers at Miles, calling it like Bush League and all this no, stuff. Like that, being a, that was the thing that pissed me off the most of this whole experience. Same. Like, it was a very upsetting that Miles had that reaction that he hit him in the head. Um, can't do that. Could have been way worse. And it's, I'm so glad that it wasn't. But Mason Rudolph in the post-game press conference not taking any responsibility at all and just saying, yeah, Miles hit me. And then, you know, he just decided to keep on keeping on. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, it's just Bush League. <laughs> I mean, like, what a coward. That guy is such a coward. And it's so Bush League. I've never seen anyone do anything like that. And not acknowledge, like, what, his part in it whatsoever. What, was, what exactly the difference, was cowardly? Like, the difference, how does he define cowardly? Because I'm... Yeah. I'm trying to understand exactly what happened there. That was the difference between his demeanor and like the way he like spoke in the media afterwards and Miles like being like very like solemn and like forlorn, like very clearly upset and like mournful of his like actions. It was just ridiculous. It was night and day. And, and then the my- next day the NFL just completely disregards Mason Rudolph's involvement in the whole thing. Yeah, that he wasn't at all. So, can, and the media did too. You you say you haven't tuned into the media. I mean, at I all. have like a a bit, but I've tried to like not like do a deep dive into all of it because it was getting too ridiculous from people that just don't even know the players. Everyone just like trying to like one up the other person on 
they're like ridiculous. the extreme takes. Like it's just too much. It's like listen, there's precedent for players fighting and doing ridiculous things in the NFL, and we can point to these things and have like an actually like reasonable discussion about this without having to just go to the freaking extreme because you want to be more extreme than the next guy. No, it, like, it, that's what's that, driving me crazy yeah, about it. So I just didn't me off so much is people sitting there on Twitter thinking that like they're like virtue signaling left and right be like have you seen what miles garrett did i've never watched football in my life but like i am a good person because i think miles garrett should be in jail and you need to know that i believe miles garrett should be in jail like and it just gets exactly what you're saying is it gets escalated and escalated further and further where people are saying the most outlandish things was it damian woody damian woody saying that he shouldn't should be allowed to play football ever again ever again because oh he God. assaulted mason rudolph with a deadly weapon and that he shouldn't be let allowed on a football oh field and then attacking everyone attacking miles garrett's character i think is the thing that has set yeah. me off the most can we because can we please not make legal judgments if you have like little to no interaction with the legal system yeah like but, can can just just stop there just be like you know what i don't really know maybe Maybe they'll prosecute it. I don't know. I don't know if it was a crime because you never really do. Yeah. I mean, people saying that Miles Garrett is like the like a dirty player and linking him to Indomitian Sue like they are and linking him to Vontez Perfect like people are. Vontez Perfect tweeted out uh, about how Miles Vontez Perfect is pissed at Miles Garrett for doing this. He was like, yeah, that's assault, man. You can't do that. <laughs> it's like, are you kidding me? Like, your entire goal of playing football is to hurt other human beings. And then the other thing that was really rich was um, Harrison. Jerome, yeah. Yeah. Wait, who? Jerome Harrison tweeted about it as well. I'm Not sure. Jerome. No, no, no. Uh, what the fuck Des- is his name? Describe the person's... 92 on the Steelers for oh. years. Um, <laughs> James Harrison. James, James Harrison. Harrison. Yeah, James Harrison is tweeting. He was like, that's... That's assault in the streets, six months, use of a deadly weapon, extra year. And, and then there, so another aside to all this, Mac Wilson uh, posted a picture on his Instagram of him standing next to Juju Smith-Schuster when Juju after was on the ground after yes. he got concussed. And everybody was like freaking out. They're like, Browns are so dirty, I especially Steelers fans. Can't believe you would post this. My favorite is the montage of screenshots from Jerome Harrison's Instagram of him headhunting Colt McCoy, headhunting Muhammad Massaqua, like Antonio Brown cleating Spencer Lanning in the face, like all the way down. It's just, this, this was a bad incident, but like, it's the pot calling the kettle black here. Like you, you've been doing this for years. Like you don't have the moral high ground here. Like yes. you've been taking people out and proud of it for as long as I can remember. Yeah, since I was a boy. That's what, that's what I remember happening. Yeah. <sighs> it's just incredibly frustrating. And another layer to the whole thing is the, and we all talked about this, the fact that the reason why Miles Garrett's suspension is so heavy is because of, I believe, this media outrage. And this media outrage is yes. only, and this media outrage is only happening because the game was on Thursday night. We and super there's unlucky. nothing else to talk about on Friday. And so they are just railing into Miles Garrett like it's something that's never happened before. Did it strike anyone else so odd that the suspensions came out so quickly? Me. 
Absolutely. And it definitely worked against Miles Garrett. It was, what, 10 a.m. Central time? Yeah. Well, like, didn't, I don't know why the NFL felt the need to, like, jump in and, like, make but, a statement so quickly and control the narrative. Just because things were going crazy? But, like, that's yep. just feeding the whole thing. They, like, I don't know. No, think about it from the NFL's perspective. They're talking about Miles Garrett hitting Mason Rudolph in the head on Good Morning America. They're talking about it all across the entire country. Why wouldn't the NFL want to jump in and say, hey, we suspended him indefinitely? Like, it's not even something that is going to stand as something that happens, which we'll talk about later. But, like, would they have to get ahead of the narrative and say, yeah, we don't condone this either? But there's a difference between coming out and being like, yes, Miles Garrett's going to be suspended indefinitely. We'll have, like, the official ruling come out, like, Wednesday after we have a chance to, like, review. They didn't even talk. They didn't even talk to anybody who's involved in the situation. They didn't have time to. Yeah. They, they just reviewed the video, suspended Miles Garrett, Marquise Pouncey, and Larry, Larry Andrew Andrew Joby Joby. on it. It's like, at least, at least make it look like you're considering, like, like being thoughtful about how you're doing this. Like, it just screams arbitrary. Yeah. My- and, and six games, fine. Like, like, Maybe like I'm not yeah. I'm not really going to argue like the merits necessarily of that, but at least I will make it seem thoughtful. Yeah, for sure. But when when Michael says he's not surprised or he's super surprised that the NFL brought the ruling down that quickly for the, all those reasons, I'm not surprised that the NFL is trying to their PR. They're trying to get ahead of all that. So whenever they talk about Miles Garrett in this happening, they say he's already been suspended by the NFL. Within the same sentence, it just looks it just looks completely different. That's why they did it so fast, which is horrible for the Browns. So it is horrible. I my expectation coming out of it was that they were going to let the other games be played on Sunday. Maybe a ruling would come down on Monday morning. Maybe they would wait till Tuesday. But I was expecting like a Monday morning ruling, which is exactly what Mike Pereira said, like the night of the event. Yeah, because that's when. That's how that's things normally happen. normally happen. That's how things normally happen. That's why I think that's the <clears throat> purpose of an indefinite suspension. You can just throw it out there and be like, yes, he's preliminarily suspended. We'll figure out for how long. And yeah. I definitely think it works against us that there was so much outrage and that the NFL felt a need to make a statement so early. And so I'm super interested to like, see what comes of this appeal. And everything that's going on. With so that. I want to talk about the appeal. I read Mary Kay wrote an article. Troy Vincent, the guy who I forget what his title is with the NFL. He's he hands down the the punishments. He did an interview with Jason Lockenfora, our old friend, mm-hmm. uh, talking about these suspensions. So he's talking about Miles. He was like, "Oh, it was easy. It was obvious that it was it was going to be for the rest of the season." And then. What I found interesting was he was talking about Larry's suspension. And mm-hmm. he said, we viewed him as coming in and, um, what did he say? He said, um, escalating the situation could have reignited the brawl. Because that was his, that, because it was. he came in after, like, the came smash. After, and which, like, is, which is fine. That's a reasonable, yeah. reasonable assessment. one game suspension. But if, if you're looking at players who escalated the situation for suspensions, how are you justifying what Mason Rudolph did as not escalating the situation? In my case, no he kidding. escalated it twice. He initiated, and then he re-engaged, and then he got the, his head caved in. No doubt. 
Yeah. But and but, they they said in the same sentence that they were like, we didn't view any Mason Rudolph's conduct as as suspendable. It's it's a fine. Do you think it's just that it they're makes no like, sense? If they're it just does, trying to protect quarterbacks, like literally, like across the board, no matter what, they want to paint quarterbacks in like the most positive light. I don't see why that would be the case, though. It like, doesn't make like sense to me. What benefit do they gain from in this situation protecting a quarterback? Like it doesn't help the product on the field if Mason Rudolph is out there. Well, I, I mean, I think that they want to have one person be a victim and one person be the aggressor, so it doesn't look like it's just normal in the NFL for two people to be fighting all the time. I can understand how they would maybe want to paint it that direction. That's a good point. It's it blows my mind that like how in the world does Marquise Pouncey get three games and Mason Kick Rudolph gets punch. zero? It that makes no sense to me. I that makes no sense to me. I literally think it's because it's all how it looks visually to someone who's watching. Miles Garrett hits Mason Rudolph with a helmet. Looks really bad. Marquise Pouncey, while Miles Garrett's on the ground, punching and kicking his head, looks really bad. So, like, if Miles Garrett Garrett swings, like, at the side and hits him in the ribs, like, what happens? Almost nothing. Right. I think it's a one-game suspension. I think so, too. Yeah. But, like, everyone's outraged that they're, like, using a weapon. Oh, because he actually made contact with his head. And all of the people who are like, he could have died. It's like... Have you ever watched football? (laughs) Every single one. (laughs) Like, like, (laughs) effing Deontay Johnson was helped off by two guys and he was bleeding out of his ear. Yeah. In this same game. Like, really, he could have died? Like, yes, theoretically, yes, he could have died. I mean, I'm of the belief that Miles didn't even try that hard. Oh, no, he was not swinging full force. Right. Maybe. I, I truly believe. That if Miles wanted to, he would have smashed much harder and would have caused some significant damage. He was on his heels. He yeah. wasn't engaged. If he put yeah. his glutes into that thing, <laughs> if he engaged the glutes, you just look at his. You could just look at his face and tell that he wasn't like yeah. giving it full force. Oh my gosh! Um, all right. So where from? So we have the six-game suspension indefinite. What are your guys' best predictions for what you think happens after this appeal? where Miles is going to go on Wednesday and make the appeal in person. Okay. I would like to, I, I kind of view this in two lenses. One is just like my emotional, like Browns fan lens of like what I hope will happen. And what I hope will happen is that he's able to play in the postseason. Because I think what that postseason, if the Browns <laughs> make the postseason, right? So yeah. like, I just feel like that gives the rest of the team like a carrot. And like, I think we could rally behind that. It could be awesome for the team. Like, it, there are reasonable paths for us to potentially sneak into the playoffs. And if that happens to have Miles come in, then we can compete in the playoffs. Like if we have a game or two, like I, that would be awesome as a Browns fan. That's what I, that's what I'm hoping for is that it gets reduced so that he could play in the playoffs. What I also think about is what are the precedents? Like this is like an actual situation. If you're doing a ruling like this, like there's precedent in place for what kind of suspensions have been levied for similar type of actions on the field. And I think the best case, we were texting about this the other day, was the um, Albert Hainsworth like, face stomp. I mean, maybe, but Antonio Smith swung a helmet at Richie Incognito and hit his face. And how many, he got one game? He got two preseason games and one regular season game. So, one game. So, 
three games probably is what the NFL would argue. But yes, I mean one meaningful game. I'm fine if Miles is suspended for all four games. I mean, I'm I'm saying Antonio Smith lost one game check. Yeah, that's true. And so there's that. He's a lesser known player. Anyways, did he make contact with that? He just swung it. It it was grazing contact. It's like so it wasn't as incognito. It wasn't as brutal as fun of and, a, and, a video to rewatch. Would you be able to tell if you hit incognito in the face? Nah, probably not. No, it would ripple. It would ripple. <laughs> He's got some like good chub but underneath. But it his also neck. was to the side of his face. Like it could have hit the side of his head his, like, in temple. his temple yeah. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. everyone was reacting the way they reacted to Miles Garrett's situation. Yeah. So, but then the Albert Hainsworth situation, and I don't know that I don't remember the sequence of Albert Hainsworth. Albert like, Hainsworth was responsible for taking Giroud's helmet off in the course of like play yeah. and then stomped on his, on his head when he Causing was Causing like a 30 stitches or something like crazy like that. Like it was like a ludicrous yeah. thing. This, this, was, this was not a, a fight. This was... Yes. And it was also like a premeditated thing. It wasn't like Gerard was like coming at him during that situation. He like of his own accord premeditated like, yes, I'm going to do this. Miles Garrett was reacting to Mason Rudolph coming at him. Like, I definitely think that that's a different situation. Okay. So also, also, I don't. What I don't remember is whether Albert Hainsworth had had any like prior incidents. He had. Mm-hmm. He had. Which I think that he he'd had. been suspended previously. For, okay. For on-field conduct. And Miles Garrett has not. And so that factors into this. Oh, as well. but he broke Trevor Simeon's leg, Michael. You forgot. Tackling him, like, in the course of play. But he broke his leg. It broke. He broke bones. And he, all right. <laughs> he was probably trying to, Michael. No, that's, that's the... He probably breaks kids' bones, of, like, every yeah, week. Right? Like, my, he's just, like, doing that for fun. Yeah, oh, no, he does. My, that's what he does when he visits the Cleveland Clinic. Yeah, just that's <laughs> broken leg. <laughs> Rampage. Yeah. Up and down the hospital. No, I heard I heard that argument this week a bunch that that Miles Garrett's a dirty player. Look at all the the roughing the passer penalties he's had, and it's like, have you even watched the NFL in the past like four years? Everybody's getting roughing the passer penalties. If you're doing your job, you're getting roughing the passer. Exactly. He He gets roughing the passer penalties because he's good and he gets to the passer. Yeah. The only thing the only thing remotely like uncalled for that you could pin on Garrett is he. He open hand slapped Delaney Walker and got a 15 yard unnecessary roughness penalty in the first game of the year, which yeah. is uh, and you could use that. That's a that's fine. A, yeah, you can use that to that argument. But so all the rough in the passers. Albert Hainsworth. To go back to Albert Hainsworth, he got five games for that suspension. Correct. So Miles Garrett did not have any prior suspensions for acting out on the field from the NFL. Albert Hainsworth did. Albert Hainsworth was premeditated, in my mind, much worse and more egregious and than de- Miles reacting like he did. In and it was season. a defenseless person who was on the ground. Correct. Like, just walked up to him, identified face, stopped. Yes. And so, like, to me, if you're just looking at past precedent, like, I don't know how you can give Miles more than the five games that Hainsworth received. And... I would imagine that that is a part of the appeal that's going to be made on Wednesday. Um, anyways. So going into this appeal, I'm, I'm glad Miles is showing up in person because I think that's going to have a strong effect. Just the, the, deme- the way that Miles carries himself, um, I think that the 
emotive aspects of that will will be effective. Um, I'm also glad he's appealing. The CBA does not oh, yeah. allow not even for, NFL's for not an even indefinite suspension on, on an on-field issue. So the fact that they they assessed an indefinite suspension and said, NFL's you know what, you're, you're suspended and you have to come. It's like, you're not even paying attention. You, you don't even give a crap what the CBA says. So, I mean, to be fair, the NFL could have just thrown out whatever number. But Miles is going to meet with James Thrash, who's an independent arbiter, who's agreed upon from the league and the NFL Players Association. These suspensions get minimized all the time. I think probably the most likely scenario is they just kind of give a, a, a definite term to it. Maybe it's six games. Um, That's but I think, think there's, a good, there's a good case to be made that it's not as bad as that Hainsworth incident. So he got five, give Miles four, given the mitigating circumstances of Miles wasn't the initial aggressor, like of, of whatever you want to talk about. He can't have less than Pouncey for sure. And I mean, I think four games is reasonable. Yeah, I'm not expecting four games, but I think if you take the logical approach, you can very easily reach which, that. Which, which I hope that the independent arbiter does. I mean, I don't right. expect the NFL to take the logical approach. They don't take the logical approach with anything. I mean, look at the freaking pass interference no. debacle yeah. right now. Um, they, and they just made their ruling the next morning, like when everybody got to the office and they could, yeah. they could finally like talk about it. But the independent arbiter, I think there's a, there's a really solid case to be made with the way the NFL conducted themselves, applying a suspension that isn't even valid, and then the, the historical precedent, four games is not ridiculous to expect. I mean, that's no, a, I don't think that's so still a significant chunk. I mean, it's like a, he's missing out on three-quarters of a million dollars. Four yeah. games off the field. A fourth of the whole season. Yeah. And it would be great for the Browns if he was back for the Baltimore Ravens in Week 16. Yep. That yes, would be fantastic. Would. Oh, that really would be great. That's the game we need him for. The most. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, that, my, bet, my bet is it gets... That's um, the stretch goal for me. Four-game suspension. Yeah. I think my reason. I think it'll goal, be six games, but there's not going to be some bullshit requirement that he has to meet with Roger Goodell, and this is going to drag on in the offseason. Because I don't want it to drag on in the offseason. I don't want to be oh. talking about this in the offseason. I want this to be done and dusted. Yes. At the, at the end of the 2019 season. If we are I don't want to be showing sitting up. around being like is Miles Garrett going to be there for week 1? It's like, "Oh my gosh, are you freaking kidding me?" Yeah, that'll be awful. And it will be interesting to see if this affects him resigning. How how do you think that would? Because like in my mind, it doesn't even it doesn't even cause a blip on the radar. Because like, if I'm Jimmy I'm Haslam and we're in that scenario, and the NFL is like holding this like card over Miles Garrett, like it's just a really ugly PR situation to like sign a guy that is like the villain of the NFL, and it's like purely a PR thing. It has nothing to do with his ability on the field. But I just don't think you re-sign a guy to like a multi-million dollar, 25 plus million dollar contract. Look, the Chiefs just re-signed freaking Tyreek Hill when he was in like in the middle of his It wasn't in the middle of that though. It was after it got resolved and there was like Tyreek Hill's always been in the middle of it. 
But at the moment in which he signed, he wasn't in the middle of something, is the point. I just don't and think it even matters. Like, no, nope. It doesn't matter to you, but I no, guarantee but... you it matters to Jimmy Haslam. What do you think about this? I think Jimmy Haslam likes it. Jimmy Haslam's a guy who... I don't do you know, think I don't know what I want to say signs... Okay, it's a... The window opens after year three, which is this offseason. He's got a whole nother offseason before they even have to like use the fifth year option. So it's not like I mean we're gonna exercise, gotta resign we're it gonna right. exercise the fifth year option this year. There's there's I think I think I don't think we're gonna re-sign him this offseason just because there's not much of a point. I don't think either side Yes, there is. Well, for the Browns there is because you can get him at a below market deal potentially as the salary cap increases. Like, yeah, and but I don't think Jimmy, I don't think Miles Garrett's gonna be super interested in, in there's no re- there's no reason he would be. Um, but Unless I think if I Andrew was Jimmy Haslam and wants to retire early, get the money earlier than later, I think I, anything's possible. I don't think it makes sense for us to write it off as an op- I will as a say, possibility. I will say I think this incident will have zero impact on the Browns' ability to re-sign Miles Garrett or the timing in which the Browns are going to re-sign Miles Garrett. I, I guess I, no. I tend to there are I players tend to like Miles Garrett that it just doesn't matter. No, I agree with Matthew on that. But I think that if I, I was the Browns, I would want to re-sign Miles Garrett and use that as a piece of the contract negotiation, and maybe negotiate a lower cost in the contract. But Miles wouldn't. Miles wouldn't go for it. But that's the only. That's the only reason why he would. There's no reason why Miles would sign this offseason. He he just wouldn't. There's no reason to because he's going to make so much okay, more money. You say that, but players do it all the time. Carson Wentz did it. Like lots of players that stand to make a lot more money if they wait do it all the time. Yeah, but you've got Carson Wentz has been hurt like three out of his four years in the league. Like he's he's looking to 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 lock it down while he can. The fact is. If Miles Garrett hit the open market after this situation, all 32 teams would be dying to take the PR hit to bring Absolutely. Miles Garrett into the building. Absolutely. And that's why I don't think it's going to make a darn bit of difference. We, we will sign him when we can agree to a long-term deal with his agent, when both parties are interested in putting pen to paper. It's not going to be a matter of PR if he hit Mason Rudolph in the freaking helmet, in the head with a helmet. Nobody's going to be talking about this in a month. If he did again. It's not even going to matter. Because Mason Rudolph was fine. He wasn't hurt. He's going to be playing on Sunday, and everybody's going to move on. I'm just saying, if it lingers and the NFL does hold something over Miles, I think it plays a factor. I don't think it's as black and white. I don't think it affects the way the Browns view Miles Garrett and their desire to re-sign him at all. But I do think it affects when they would put that into place and actually like aggressively approach it. So but I, but from a Browns perspective, I mean what's what's more valuable? Like nobody's gonna give a crap about Miles Garrett re-signing an extension in two months, but Miles Garrett will. Like you don't want to tell Miles Garrett that you're not standing beside him. Like that's going to be way worse for the franchise than the little cryon headline. Miles Garrett currently suspended by the NFL resigns with the Browns. Like we we kind of went through a, not the same situation, but when Will Greer was the starting quarterback for the Florida Gators, he was suspended for a PED issue. 
he ended up transferring because Will Muschamp, or not Will Muschamp, um, what's his face? Uh, <clears throat> Jim McElwain would, would not give him. I was going to let you flounder. I was hoping it would last longer. <laughs> guarantee him the starting job. And it wasn't about the, the PR. <laughs> it wasn't about anything. It was about. Like, I, I only see a naked Jim McElwain <laughs> hugging a shark. Which. <laughs> That guy ended That's up cool. being like somebody important. Like he was, he was like a big like Republican donor or something, which is hilarious. Oh my god, sorry. No, but I, I think you you risk like if you let this impact your timing or negotiations with Miles Garrett for a contract extension, you risk more in your relationship with Miles than you do from a PR perspective. Yeah, I agree with I agree. With I think Matthew that's a 100%. fair point. I think and, it's a fair point. And so I th- I think you just it doesn't even factor in because he's, he's too good and it's so out of character. Like, <laughs> and we've shown as an organization that that's not our, that's not our number one priority. For, for is Pete's our, sake. PR. We signed Kareem Hunt. Like he's yeah. on our team right now in the midst of it all. That was a huge storm that and came And nobody's through. worried about Miles doing this again. For Pete's sake, he got punched, sucker punched in the face by a random person on the street and didn't do anything about he it. He called the cops. He could have murdered that guy like yeah. with a punch back. Yeah, and, he didn't and do would be perfectly justified to punch that guy back. Yeah, I mean, we're not worried about Miles Garrett moving forward. This guy's hobbies include hanging out with his dog, Gohan, and inviting other dogs to make friends with his dog, um, and watching Dragon Ball Z and reading and writing poetry. Like, this was clearly a, a one-off incident. Um, all right, let's move on. Let's, let's talk about the <laughs> let's game. Let's talk the football game. Let's talk about the football game. There was a football game? Yeah. There was a football game. Did we win? Of which the Browns did win, although it doesn't feel like it. The Browns pulled away with a 21-7 victory over the Steelers. Never once since we came back in the same season have we beaten the Ravens and the Steelers at the same, in the same season, and we've done it. We have a chance to do it again before we, the season's we over. We can do it twice in this year. <laughs> That is the craziest stat to me. It is like absolutely mind blowing that we play them each two times every year. And since 1999, for 20 years, we've never beat them both in the same season. Like, not that we've like swept them all four games, but just beat each of them once. One time. That is ridiculous. We've been to the playoffs once. We had a 10 and 6 season. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. That is mind-blowing. And this would have been a glorious, exciting day if it wasn't for all this, in the most mm. Brownsy thing you could ever do. It was kind of an ugly football game, to be it honest. It was. Like, the Browns came out and showed, like, some life on offense. Like, the, early on, our, like, game scripting was clearly working. Like, things looked good. Our offense continues to get a little bit better, I think, each week. Like, I think that's definitely clear. And they're just kind of figuring out a little bit more each and every week. I think Baker's getting a little bit more comfortable each week. But there was a point in this game, once we were up 14-0, that we just kind of hit a rut. Like, it just kind of slowed down. But honestly, the Steelers are a really good defense. They're a top-five DVOA defense. And we hung 14 on them early, ended up at 21, and we only let them score seven points, and we just hung on and won. And That's those, a good W in the NFL. Those seven points that they got were completely gifted to by us from defensive penalties that we marched them down the field, a couple of defensive pass interferences. It was, yeah, we, we, we kind of gave them that draft. Um, but 
I mean, that's a good win. I mean, that's a win in the AFC North, and I'll take take them looking like that every single day of the week. Yeah, get no. early points, hang on. Like I was proud of them for like hanging on and doing what they needed to do to close out the victory. Well, like, it's amazing what turnovers will do. Like the Browns hadn't had an interception I think since week four, and we ended up with four in this game. Yep. Um, Thanks, that makes, Mason Rudolph. That makes all the difference. Like. We've been playing football where it's been the if if we turn the ball over we lose the turnover differential. Yeah, and that's how the Steelers have been winning games. Yeah, that's what we talked about going into this game. Just is just rolling. As teams, long as we don't give the ball to the Steelers, we're going to be fine. They've just been rolling over people just because they're taking the ball from them, and we finally were on the positive side of that. Yeah, Mason Rudolph is a, a an interception machine if you make him start throwing the ball down the field. Yeah, I mean. It was the perfect game script to get up 14-0 and have him. Well, it sucked for them. I mean, they had so many injuries. Like, with Juju going out, James Conner going out, like, the whole thing turned entirely against the Steelers' offense. There was no I, I, way I did feel to... a little bad for them with the injury situation. They got hit. Their top two wide receivers ended up leaving the game with concussion. Uh, James Conner left with the re-aggravation of the shoulder injury. It just wasn't going his way. Um, Looking forward though, Mason Rudolph's got a little temper on him. I think I think th- that's something to to kind of mark down yeah, in, need, the, in the notebook. And, yeah, a little less um, yeah. obviously than helmets. Yeah, you can like s- smashing on his bare head, but 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 you can send that guy over the edge, and he'll get frustrated if things aren't going his way. Like that's and frustrated players tend to make mistakes. Oh yeah, right? he's gonna gonna try to force stuff stuff going forward. Um, what was, what was your offensive highlight of this game, like, like coming out? For the Browns? Yeah. Uh, man. Because we didn't run the ball great. We did not run the ball great. It was Nick a little Chubb frustrating. got, like, 90-something you know, yards, but, but it didn't, like, wasn't sexy. Yeah, that was yards, honestly going to be my take, is, like, it looked bad, but m- no matter what, Nick Chubb gets his and, like, makes it happen. Like, I not once... I, there was maybe one or t- maybe one time where I remember him maybe not taking the like the right lane, but he seems to maximize everything he's got. Like with such a crappy offensive line playing against that defense that was clearly playing against the run, trying to minimize everything he could do, he still got up to ninety yards. Can you imagine Nick Chubb running behind some of the offensive lines we've had in years past? Oh, like that the Alex, Alex Mack, Mack, Joe Schwartz. Thomas, Schwartz offensive line, Greco. I'm feeling something in my pants right now. <laughs> Little pants tent. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, no, Nick Chubb is kind of, kind of the win. In, I gotta, in my I gotta opinion. say, one of the scariest moments of the game for me was actually Baker's third, t- the third touchdown of the game that sealed it. Whenever we were right down there, I just wanted Baker to not my make boy a mistake. Stephen Carlson. Yeah, and he extended that play, and then he fired it right over the middle of the end zone. Where so many things could have happened. Like he, I give him credit. Like Stephen Carlson caught the ball. It was a touchdown. So I we think, went up. We sealed the game. But like, is that the wisest move? We we kick a field goal there, and we're in the just about the exact same situation. So I think he missed that throw probably a little bit. I think he wanted to keep it higher and he, farther cause, outside because he put it. He put it was. like right on the defender, like right over the defender's shoulder, which is incredible. The reason that's a safe throw is there's no other defenders near, and the 
the defender who's guarding Carlson has his back turned. And that's what Baker sees. If I you, hope. If you have your back turned, you can't make a play on the ball. So it's, it's my guy or nobody. Yeah. Right? And so if, if Baker puts that high where it's not going to ricochet off the defender. It wasn't high enough it because wasn't it was high enough. super close it, it to almost, hitting his yeah. helmet, yeah. which would have been and that's the devastating. That's, that's the danger of it. Baker needs to put that about a foot higher, and then it's Steven Carlson or nobody. Yes. And that's, that's a great read, a great throw. Uh, it ended up working out for us. Carlson made a great play. The throw was good enough in the end. Good for the guy. One catch in his career, eight yards, and a touchdown. Living the dream. And he might be back in the practice squad next week. <laughs> Probably will, honestly. I mean, if Njoku comes back, who's going? It's Steven Carlson. He's going back. Yeah, we can't have five tight ends on the roster. No. No one. Why would you? There's no reason to. Absolutely none. I vote for Farrell Brown to go on the practice squad. But he gets too much game time. Like, I, I just don't feel like that's going to happen. Sure, I don't care if Farrell Brown goes back to the practice squad or Steven Carlson. It's like a... Doesn't really matter to me. Carlson's a little more of a pass catcher. It probably is going to be Carlson or like, you know, Ricky Seals-Jones. It probably won't be Seals-Jones. I don't know. But that's a huge plus. They have Njoku back this Maybe. week. Maybe. He's not activated yet. But what's, I mean, why not? He's, he wasn't they in have practice. To, I think they have, to, like, today was the first, I think he's like back in the building today. And he was getting like tests and stuff to make sure that he's. Has like, he fit the? Has he been gone the eight weeks that's required? He's been gone eight weeks. And he tweeted last night, and one word said activated. So I think that's the plan. I don't. I don't know the like exact you know specifications on the timing on what has to happen and what doesn't have to happen. But any reasonable person would assume that he's on track to be activated and probably will be available for this game if we choose to play him. And do you guys think we bring somebody else up to fill that hole that is now there from Miles Garrett? Like, Olivier's still not back yet. Well, we've got Ogunjobi and out, hopefully, too, this week. And Ogunjobi's out. So who are we going to utilize to fill that gap in our team? Yeah, we got, we got some holes in the defensive line because, like, Equale's out for the year. Um, like it's it's going to be rough. We signed Brian Cox Jr., right before last week's game. And honestly, he's probably going to play. Oh, he's our third defensive end coming into this week if Vernon can't play. I mean, it's what, Chad Thomas, Chris Smith, and Brian Cox? Yep. I, I imagine Sheldon Richardson will get a bunch of run at the end if we, but we don't have the depth on the interior either. How terrible does that Gennard Avery trade look right now? <laughs> be so nice to have that guy. Yeah, just get him, get him runs. Oh, it'd be so nice to have that guy. Um. And, I mean, like, on the interior and the outside, like, I'm just so glad that we are playing the Miami Dolphins this week. It is, like, the best possible matchup we could have. just what the doctor ordered. Yeah. I mean, if we were this decimated going in against almost any other team, it would look really bad. I guess the Bengals might be, might be worse. But, I mean, the Dolphins or the Bengals are about the only teams, I think, that I would, like, even feel okay about facing with this sort of defensive line. And here we are, facing the, ba- the Dolphins. Yeah, it's going to be tough. What are we going in right now? It looks like we have six defensive linemen. Yeah, I don't know what... But are we worried about stopping the Dolphins? Like, even with... No, I'm not but, particularly... But we need more bodies we need than a that. team. Yeah. Like, if we have We're, more... we're going to have to add somebody. Who do we have on the practice squad right now? 
I don't know the answer to that. I'm I'm on it. Yeah. Please, no, but that's the question because we're gonna research. bring we're gonna bring somebody up. There's no doubt. We we have those two gaps from Miles and we have two defensive linemen on the practice squad. Brandon Bryant, who uh, was in the preseason with us, I believe, um, and the guy we recently signed, Porter Gustin, defensive end out of USC. Porter. I've not once heard that name in my life. There you go. Just just taught me something. Yeah. So, I mean, you can't go into a game with six six healthy D linemen. You could go into a game with seven. So maybe maybe it's a Brandon Bryant call up. Yeah. But we do have plenty of spots. I mean, with Morgan Burnett just getting uh, ruled out for the go rest of the IR. season. He's got moved to IR with the uh, torn Achilles. And then uh, we cut Antonio Callaway this past week. Um, which I, I really, at Callaway. Callaway. <laughs> um, we cut Antonio Callaway this past week, and uh, he's going to be out for, uh, so he's gone. Um, there was a failed drug test and just severed ties. Probably, Facing a 10-game suspension. Probably it glad that it happened sooner rather than later. It just sucks. I, you always like go into those situations where a guy's got like a checkered past, and you hope it's going to work out. And then when it doesn't, it's like, man, foreseeable, foreseeable. But then you get a Kareem Hunt situation sometimes where like there's been like not a single hiccup on that front. So I guess you kind of do just rolling the dice thinking you're going to hit on some and you're going to whiff on some. But like that dude, like could he and Corey Coleman are like identical situations to me. Super talented players that just didn't have the work ethic to like actually like maximize their talent in the NFL. Both of those guys are very capable of being very productive NFL players. And they just don't seem to want it. Either one of them and just completely squandered all of that ability. It's so hard to like see a guy that you can see the physical talent and see how well he can run certain routes and like the ability and the raw talent that's there but not see it like actually materialize and come together. It drives me nuts. So uh, just pulled up Dane Brugler's 2018 draft guide. Oh, yeah. Um, in the weaknesses column, he had an NFL scout tell him he'll fail one drug test in the NFL. Put that in your guide. Yeah. <laughs> and true. He told us that on the podcast. It, uh, we've yeah. known that this was an inevitability for quite some time. But whenever that it's scout actually happened, was right. Yes, it is. Um, Sometimes it's not about the actual the actual use; it's about the the user. And in this case, I think Antonio Galloway is was experiencing some user error of yes. his own body. Yes. Yeah. Did you see he was trying to blame it on a tainted like CBD like pain ointment? Yeah, that's just what like, it was. We're gonna get so many of those now. Oh, it was CBD. It's yeah, completely it's tainted legal. CBD. They must which, have had... which is not actually legal under the NFL drug testing policy. You can't do CBD. No, because what? it still comes up as positive. No, it doesn't. And they don't give a shit. Yeah. No, no it does. What? No, it does. There's no THC I've heard, in it at I've all. I've heard them talk about it. They don't. They're not testing for THC. They're testing for something else. Cannabinoids? What? I have no idea. Oh. I'm curious. I learned something new. Um. All right, so let's talk about if Miles Garrett does come back, if we, if we get it capped at a six-game suspension, um, is there a chance 
What does it look like for the Browns to squeak into the playoffs this season? This is like the most exciting question to me, like for the remainder of the season. Because we know how easy the schedule is. I mean, the hardest game by far we have is the Ravens in week 16. Ravens in Cleveland. Which is in Cleveland, which gives us more of a leg up. But then we play the Bengals twice. We play the Steelers again, who like have Mason Rudolph at freaking quarterback. That now, makes every game winnable. Yes. And then we play, and the Cardinals and the Dolphins. I mean, like, we should win all of those games except for maybe the Ravens game. And we've already beaten the Ravens and we're playing them at home. If, let's say we drop one of them, probably the Ravens game, we're at nine and seven. And there are many years where a nine and seven team makes the wild card. And it is shaping up like that final wild card spot in the AFC could be a nine and seven team. So we're looking right now, um, the other teams in contention, the, the second team in the AFC South, looking like Houston and Indy are kind of... They're both it, six and four. Out. Tennessee's right behind the them Titans, at five and five. Right Tennessee's five and five. I still have a hard time believing in Tennessee. They whooped our ass in week one, though. Um, but we whooped our own ass. That's true. And it, it was close until the fourth quarter, and then it got out of hand. Um, Buffalo sitting at seven and three. Um, they're looking mighty fine. And then Oakland of all teams is six and four right there in the, in the playoff hunt. The darling of the NFL. Oakland's the dar- probably the biggest concern. So it's like Oakland, we got to be looking out for, we want Oakland to lose. And we want those, um, second and third place finishers in the AFC South to f- just fall off between, between the four teams of Houston, Indy, Oakland, and Buffalo. We need two of those teams to fall off pretty dramatically. Because one of Houston and Indy is going to win their division. The It'll other the one's going to be fighting for, for a wild card. And we need two of those wild card folks to drop off. Yep. Which Buffalo's remaining schedule. They I mean, got. Buffalo's already seven and three. So I actually have a hard time believing that Buffalo is going to be the one to just, they like are really going to have to fall off the cliff. They definitely lose four games. Teams. Yeah. I, I mean, so they got the Broncos, the Cowboys, the Ravens, the Steelers the Patriots, and the Jets. So I just say, I wouldn't like say that it's hard for them to lose four of those. Cowboys, easy. Ravens, easy. Patriots, easy. Then they just lose either the Broncos, the Steelers, or the Jets. They just but lose one of those. Those ones you say are easy. Like The thing about the Bills to me is they are a pretty well-coached team, and they don't just like not show up. Like That Bills team is pretty darn consistent. And so I have a hard time imagining them just like rolling over in particular games. And I actually would say that of those three games that you viewed as like pretty easy, like they're like toss ups and the bills definitely could come away with at least one of those games. Do you think the bills Ravens is a toss up? I think the bills will give a Raven, the Ravens a hard, hard game. We'll we'll see what the line is and see if it's a toss up. I, I don't think so. I don't think the, I don't think the Patriots are either. Um, I think the Cowboys, you could make that argument. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, I mean, I hope they, they fall off a cliff, but I, I think that it's harder to see that happening than like the Raiders falling apart. Like, I just think that on a dime, the Raiders could all of a sudden just fall apart. They're, they don't have the same level of talent just, or consistent. I just have a hard time execution. Be- believing. Believing in Buffalo just because of the teams that they beat when they beat them. 
I mean, they beat Indy. They beat Carolina right as Cam Newton went down. I think it was in that game. Or no, that's a preseason game. Sorry. They beat the Jets, the Giants, the Bengals to start the first three weeks. <laughs> they lost to New England in a close game, which everybody's hanging their hat on, that they went 16-10 with New England. Then they beat the Titans, but didn't the Titans kicker miss like five field goals in that game? So, uh, I believe that's right. They beat the Dolphins. They lost to Philadelphia. They beat Washington. They lost to us, and they beat Miami. They got smacked by the Eagles. They have not beaten a good team, unless you consider the Titans a good team. And then that's their best win that they've got. Yeah. Their hardest games are still remaining, going, going to Dallas, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, New England. Even, even Denver is harder than a lot of the games that they've played. The Steelers. Yeah. Two really and good And then defense. there's also the Josh Allen factor. I mean, Josh Allen, like anything's possible with Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. It's just a wide range of yeah. possibilities. No, that's fair. They, they play against a decent team, and, which isn't something they've done very often this year. So we really won't know till the Cowboys game. Thursday night game. Although Denver... Is that Denver, Thanksgiving? The Bills-Cowboys game on Thanksgiving. Yeah, that'll, that'll be, be great. Fun. All right, so the Raiders are at 6-4. and four. They're like sitting just outside that playoff picture right now. So we need them to get to like that 9-7-ish and seven-ish range too. So that means going 3-3 three and three down the stretch. And their remaining games are at the New York Jets, we really need Sam Darnold to show up and pull that one off this weekend. At Kansas City, against Tennessee at home, against the Jaguars at home, at LA Chargers, which might be more of a home game for the Raiders, honestly, and then at the Broncos. I think there's three losses in there. They're, they're very I well can't. I couldn't tell you what they are. I mean, at Kansas City, I'm going to peg that as a loss. It's a division game. So you never know what's going on. But the Chiefs, with a healthy Pat Mahomes, should, should take care of business. Chargers are always dangerous. The Chargers can beat anybody. They can also lose to anybody. Mm-hmm. And the Titans um, and Jags are both Titans they and Jags can make aren't the playoffs. Easy. And so they're trying to fight into it. And at New York. New New York's won what I mean, two in a row now. If that They've one falls, if they defense. if they fall this week to New York and Sam Darnold plays like he did this past week, like I, that's a huge fact, that sets us in the right course with Oakland. Yeah, the fact is they only beat Cincinnati by seven this last week in Oakland. Yep, that game was ugly. Yep, that last Chargers Raiders game was a toss up. Raiders won yep. by two. So, anyways, I definitely think that one's a possibility for them to, to fall off enough. So, with that being said, there's a scenario where we don't have to, we lose to the Raiders and we Ravens. can still, Ravens. The, the Ravens, sorry, and we still make the playoffs at nine and seven, because depending on the Raiders and the Bills okay. or the second in the AFC. We lose South. Any, any game. I mean, it, it doesn't matter. The Ravens is yeah. obviously the hardest game, but we can, we can still have. A, Exactly. Single game margin of error. Yep. Um, but if we win out, I think we definitely make the playoffs. I think yeah, more I'm, than likely, I'm, yes. I'm pretty confident that we will make the playoffs if we win out and go 10 and 6. And looking at it right now. Yeah, even if Buffalo goes 10 and 6, we have the tiebreaker and we'll be ahead of Steelers or Ravens, whoever that would be with the tiebreaker. That would so be a that would be a six and zero record in the AFC North. Yeah. So I mean the the, the tiebreakers are head to head. Oh 
that would be savory. Just yeah. delicious. Tiebreakers are head-to-head and then conference record. Yep. And so both of that would, we'd be fine with the head-to-head except for against the Titans. Um, and We wouldn't have played any of the other teams. We wouldn't have played any of the other teams. And the conference record, we'd be fine and good with head-to-head if it was the Steelers or the uh, Ra- Ravens, which I don't foresee happening. Yeah, currently we have a 4-3 and three conference record and most of our games except for the Cardinals in conference the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. That yeah. is a game that I'm a little bit concerned about. Is That Arizona Cardinals. game will be an interesting one. Yeah. Their offense is really like starting to click. It will it's be at Arizona. Game. Yep. Agreed. We'll see what happens there. All right. Well, let's move on. Each and every week, we compete against each other three brothers we pick the lines of the primetime games thursday night sunday night and the browns game and michael keeps track of our record michael where are we standing brother mm. we all were really boring and picked the same games last week we were correct on the browns game and we were incorrect on sunday night football we uh weren't able to uh predict exactly how bad mitch trubisky could be in that sunday night game what a disaster. And so they had seven points going their way, and we all believed enough in the Bears' defense, I think, that we weren't willing to take the Raven, the Rams. Even How many backup quarterbacks in the NFL would be better than Mitch Trubisky Most. right now? Like, could you put Garrett Gilbert on the Bears and expect better results? Yes. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Trubisky's been bad enough that it's, like, hard to say definitively no. Yep. It's crazy. I mean, there's not many people that I like less than Mitch Trubisky. Um, like, personally? Or just, like... No, as a quarterback. <laughs> as a human... Like, as a quarterback. Not did, as a human being. What did he do to you, Mark? He didn't do a thing. I'm fine with Mitch Trubisky as a guy. In fact, I have very little data points on Mitch Trubisky as a guy. Just Mitch Trubisky as a quarterback. That's my main. Just not not great. Bullet dodged by the Browns. I'd rather, oh my I'd gosh. much rather have Skull Crusher Miles Garrett than <laughs> absolutely. Than can't throw left, Mitch. Is that the he's worst? Got, is that got the a, worst trade up in NFL history? He's got a twenty quarter. His QBR is twenty when he throws to the left. I don't even know what the difference is. Like that's got to be footwork related. If I like think about it's it, it's ludicrous. But I've never seen a quarterback that can't throw to one side of the field. But doesn't it just make it so easy to game plan against? Like exactly, it's just fantastic. Yeah, just like, like right, he'll throw over the middle, throw shade to the right your safety, deep, your safety's saying, over to the right. Like man, I'm we're like, in man coverage, man with coverage our third on the left, corner on the <laughs> left, and we put our top two guys on the right, yeah, or our number one guy in the slot. Like doesn't matter if he gets too far to the left, you just let him go. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I'll just miss. Yeah, bet on. It's fine. No problem. So the first game this week, Thursday night, Indy is heading to Houston. So basically, we hope whoever wins this game to just run away with the AFC South. Um, Houston is favored by three and a half points in this particular game. Hmm. This is a tough one. I'll go ahead and go. All right, what you got? I'm going to take Houston in this game. I think I like Houston overall as a team. Um, a complete unit, and I think when you get absolutely annihilated, thrashed like they did to the Ravens this past week, they're going to come back all the stronger. 
I think they're going to uh, beat the Colts. All right. Mark goes with Houston. Matthew? Not only do you, you're picking they're going to beat the Colts, yeah, you're picking I'm, they're going to beat them by four points or more. Yes, I'm taking exactly. Indy. I mean, I think Indy's a much better coach team. Um, they have Jacoby Brissett back and healthy, reasonably. I mean, he, he came back this week, played played fine. Didn't really need him to, to be much. Um, I think Indy's just a much better coach team, and I think that makes a difference. Hmm. Home team. Sean Watson needs to rebound. Makes this is a hard one. I do think this is going to be a close game. Um, Marlon Mack is out for the Colts, which is a factor. Broken hand. Um, I'm feeling Houston, and that's just really like a gut decision. I really think that's going to be a darn close game. But that brings us to the Sunday night game which the L.A. Rams are playing again on Sunday night against the Baltimore Ravens. It's actually in L.A. Man, they've become so boring. The Rams? How crazy is that? That, that game, looking back at that game that we were at, like, really missed the opportunity for the Browns. Absolutely. It was, that was a missed opportunity. The Seattle game was a that big was, missed That was the first game the after mm. Greedy and Denzel strained their hamstrings in the same week. We didn't have them both. Oh, we, if, if we'd had them. We would have. Absolutely. I mean, how many yards did Cooper Cup have in that what game? What could have been? It was ridiculous. Lots of lots of what could have been. So Baltimore is actually favored by three and a half points heading to L.A. to play the Rams. And I'm going to say they're going to cover those three and a half points. I'm going to go next. The, they're playing crazy good. Since they trade, I mean, we like to feel good about ourselves by talking about how we beat the Ravens in that game in Baltimore, which, like, it was a legitimate win. But their defense is playing at a different level. Is that the level. best win of the year in the NFL? <laughs> no joke. Like maybe Falcons over Saints, like last week. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I mean, but like on the road against the Ravens, it's a good W. Give me a better win. It's a good W. It's definitely the hardest one we're going to have to grab this year. Um,. I'm going to take the Ram- Ravens, though. Since they made that Marcus Peters trade, it, their defense has kind of gone up like a whole other level. Oh, Marcus Peters' revenge game. That's true. Ooh. It's not the guy I want to have a revenge game against. So you're going with the... I'm going with the Ravens. Going with the Ravens. I will go next. I'm also going to pick the Ravens. I mean, their offense and their defense together has just looked ridiculous. They are a very complete and very good football team. Seeing what they did to the Texans was just sad last weekend and and the rams haven't looked good all year they're not the same team they were last year i think three three and a half points is just way too small of a margin but yeah and just me thinking about the ravens it's like what are you worried about if you're playing the rams it's like aaron donald's like the scariest part but aaron donald comes in the middle lamar jackson just runs away yeah not worried about it what are you gonna just go with the fold matthew or you i'm a i'm a, a, I'm a... I'm a zag while y'all zig. All right, I'm I'm going Rams, I, and I don't know why. Kind of hope it, the Rams win. I kind of hope the Rams win. This just oh, feels no, like this just feels like NFL. Like I feel like in the NFL, you've got these teams that, like the Rams, are disappointing, and all the momentum is going against them, and the the Ravens are on the ascendancy. Like we we don't see teams go fourteen and two in the NFL. 
Like, it just doesn't happen very often. Panthers did in 2015. Like, teams like the Ravens are going to lose. And they're going to lose to, like, smart defensive coordinators that have weapons. Like, I, I think Wade Phillips can figure it out. The Ravens' defense isn't great. Maybe the Rams are just waiting for games to kind of show up against, and this is this is one of them. I'm picking them because y'all didn't, but I'm taking the Rams. I love There's another thing, that. too, to the Ravens, is that they've kind of jumped out to leads, and I want to see them have to play from behind where Lamar has to throw, because that's what you want to see from him. That's how the and Browns beat that's them. That's how we beat that's them. That's how the Chiefs beat them. Like yep. That was a back-and-forth game. The like, Ravens don't play well that way. And if the Rams can kind of get up on them, um, I think that Aaron Donald can be pesky enough. And if you get Lamar into that game where he has to throw and doesn't just get to dictate what happens. Well, especially because their personnel, they, they run three tight ends out there all the time. They're running 13 personnel like nobody's business. And you're not tricking anybody running 13 personnel if you're down by 14 points. Right. No. Like it. Nobody cares. You don't have the wide receivers. You don't have the horses at that point. So the Rams have to get their offense rolling against the Ravens' defense for sure. But yeah. they've they've got a chance. Which brings us to the Browns game. Dolphins and the Browns. We talked about how this is definitely the best draw we could hope for with the suspensions we're dealing with and some of the injuries that we've recently like endured. Uh, Morgan Burnett and the others. The Browns are playing our third consecutive home game which is interesting we've won two in a row after losing the first three of the season two in a row so miami is coming up to cleveland and the browns are favored by 10 and a half points it's a large margin makes me nervous that is (laughs) when was the last time that happened to make you nervous that we're not going to cover or make you nervous that we're not going to win makes you nervous that we're going to (laughs) lose too Uh, much confidence i don't think it if we were just coming off a straight w I think I would be more nervous than like with our backs against the wall and everyone talking against us and like, you know, losing Miles Garrett and all this sort of stuff. I think that kind of adds another layer of focus. I think the offense is going to realize they need to continue to take it up a notch each week because our defense is not going to be anywhere near what it has been to this point. Hmm. You know, I think the offense knows it's got to like start showing out. Yeah, it has to. We have to step up on offense if we're going to have a chance to make the playoffs. Um, so I'll make my pick first. I'll go second. I think the Browns are going to cover that 10.5 points. The Dolphins suck. Yes, they do. The Dolphins' defense is, I mean, just what we, we ordered. Just what like, the doctor prescribed. Like, there is, there is no part of that Dolphins' defense that is in any way intimidating. Although Beckham might even score a touchdown this week. He might. He might get, he might. Well. <laughs> yeah. settle well, down over there guy <laughs> he might but we might not even need him to yeah. like there there's very little incentive for the browns to to throw the football like just just run yeah for sure give the it browns to will Jeff, control give the it game. to kareem hunt control the game just get our offense get the w and yeah. that's all that really matters i i'm gonna make my pick i am gonna say that we will not cover the 10 and a half points i mean the Bills didn't beat the Dolphins by 10.5 points. The Jets and the Colts didn't even beat the Dolphins. They lost to them. Um, I, I think the Dolphins... The Bills just scored 37 points on the Dolphins. The Bills. The, the Josh Allen-led Bills. The Bills scored 31 points on the Dolphins. 37. 
Oh, they just did. Yeah. Uh, a couple weeks ago, they didn't beat the Dolphins by 10 and a half points. Um, but yes, I, I hope that we, I hope that we do, but I'm saying it's an NFL football game. 10 and a half points is a lot. I got to make up ground. I think we win the game. Absolutely. But I'm saying that we don't cover. Matthew. I'm taking the Browns. I, I don't, I hope I'm wrong. I don't, know matter, who I don't even win. know who the Dolphins have yeah. anymore. Like they've traded away all of their like premier talent. I think we, they're often Xavier Howard is the only notable no, player I can name but on he's, their defense. But he's hurt. He's yeah. on IR for the rest of the year. He's not playing. So they've got Christian Wilkins. They're in the not even of their doing defense. a good job of tanking. Gosh darn it! I know, and they're winning two games, which is like good for Brian Flores. Like good for you. It makes me pissed that the Browns went zero and sixteen because of how actually difficult that is in the NFL. To be With that so bad. much more talent than the Dolphins have right now. Oh, yeah. Way so much team. more talent. No, if you put Brian Flores on the 2017 Browns, that team wins six games. Four, five, six games. Yeah, but we don't want to do that. We want Hugh Jackson on that Browns team, well, so we have Miles Garrett. That's why the subtle like genius of the whole Browns tanking operation Sasha's was hiring amazing. Hugh Jackson. It was Jackson. accidental genius. <laughs> yeah, it was. Accidental genius. Let's not like, give them too much credit. I love Sasha as much as the next guy. But it was accidental genius. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. Yep, that's true. And the Browns are not normally lucky. Also, speaking of Hugh Jackson, he was supposed to run that Kaepernick workout, and then <laughs> and then like everything went to shit, and the location changed. He flew to Atlanta, and then immediately turned around and got on a plane and flew back out, and like didn't do anything. He was like, "Well, I'm not wanted here either." <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> All right. Which I got like so much joy from. That's hilarious. So funny. All right. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Um, be sure to send us an email if you have anything you would like us to talk about. Sinofourfathers at gmail.com. Give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Sinofourfathers. And as always, be sure to um, like and rate five stars to our podcast and share our podcast with a friend. It really goes a long way. If you like our content, we'd really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Go Browns. Go Browns. Mm-hmm.